Welcome, everyone. Episode 47 of the Health and Wealth Podcast. My name is Steve Giordano. I am here with the integrity partner himself, the marketing machine, Mr. Stephen Yee, out in Vegas. How are we doing today, brother? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. First of all, you probably have one of the coolest logos, and I'm fatuated with logos. Coolest logos, coolest name, FFL Skypoint. Tell me about where that came from. You, you know what? You're the first person that's ever asked in the company. Wow. So I, I told this to Integrity when they were talking to me, and they're like, yo, that's actually really cool. I didn't know that. So the first part of the word is Sky, right? S-K-Y. So first and last letter is S-Y, Stephen Yee. My daughter's middle name is Skylar. So that kind of has a little bit of, um, you know, resonance there. And then you look at but the position I played in basketball, I was a point guard. I enjoyed being able to run the show, but I, I'd rather watch you score than me scoring myself. So like that was a big piece of it. So I remember when I was getting my logo and getting my name locked in when I was a senior sales manager, they're like, what are you going to call yourself? And I was like, what about this? They're like, already taken. What about the, already taken? I was like, let me just make something up, right? And so I was always, this is fascinating, by the way. I was always infatuated with buildings, like skyscrapers. I was like, one day I'm going to have a name, a building with my name on it. Like that was a goal that I had when I was a kid. Mm. I'm not saying I'm going to have like, you know, Sears tower or something, but like I wanted to have something nice. And so I was like, sky point. And eh, that kind of sounds cool. Let's put it together. So I'm online Googling logos for sky point. Come to find out sky point is a, the tallest building in Australia. It's off this place called the gold coast. That's the logo. That's the picture in the logo. Wow. So I was like, the, 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 the building part, which I love, my daughter's name, my name, and the position I played in basketball. That is how we came up with it. That's awesome, man. That's a great, you know, you know trifecta of things there. Yeah, it was kind of neat. <laughs> I'm shocked, so. though. You were only the point guard. I thought you were the center. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Five, 10, baby. I'm, I'm tiny, dude. <laughs> So you've had an incredible journey, um, incredible life that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Um, I like to talk about entrepreneurship and where people came and how they kind of, you know, took this, you know, journey and rocket ship that it is with FFL. So early on in your, in your childhood, what were things that you desired to do in the way of like your future as you were growing up? Yeah. I mean, Great question, right? Like, for those of you that don't know, I'm Chinese. Like, surprise, surprise. Um, but like in our culture, like in the Chinese community, like it's heavily driven into schooling. And so, like, every parent's dream is for their kids to be either a doctor or an attorney in the Chinese community. I didn't want to be either, never wanted to. Like, it was never a goal of mine. Um, but I always saw a lot of people that were business owners at a young age. And I was like, dude, when I grew up, I wanted to be a business owner, right? Like, cause I felt like business people ran the world and I'm like in business, it doesn't require you to be, you know, six, five, run really fast, jump really high, shoot the ball really well. It, it just required you to have good business decisions, right? Business acumen. And so I was like, I think I can, I can compete in that realm. And so 
I wanted to be a business owner growing up. And a matter of fact, my parents were business owners. My my mom and my stepdad in 2002, um, they created three retail shoe stores in mm. California. It cost them about $350,000, $400,000 to get all three of those businesses up and running. Wow. Here's what's crazy. It took them three years to break even. Okay. Not like our business where you can get insurance license, buy leads and get profitable in week one. Like, no, not yeah. far from You're it. Profitable in like three minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I watched my parents work 14, 16, 18 hours a day because when you're self-employed, that's what you did. You know what I mean? And so I watched how they or business owned them, right? Like, you know how like Robert Kiyosaki talks about the four quadrants, employee, self-employed, yep. business owner, investor. So they were on the self-employed side and I was like, cool. Like, how do I not be that person, but be on the other side? And so my parents, my mom died this past December, my stepdad died in June. And so like, this was while I was going through my inter integrity stuff. And so I'm, you know, I'm looking at their books, I'm going through their P&Ls and talking to their CPA and going through all this stuff. And I was like, wow, like they've been in business for quite 20 years. And I've only been in business for four and a half years. And with my life insurance license, I was able to sell my book of business for a lot more money than whatever they made in 20 years. Mm. And that was like the craziest thing in the world because I was like, you know what, once again, when I was a kid, I, I was like, how do I get to own McDonald's one day? How do I get to own these franchises? Because I felt like that's what successful people did. And I realized that like most successful business owners that are franchisees, they would spend three, four, 500,000, a million dollars to be able to work a business. And they would be literally owned by that business 14, 15, 16 hours a day. You know what I mean? And the, the the barrier to entry was so high and it took so long to get in profit mode. Dude, we have the ability to do the same thing here in FFL. The only problem though, Steve, that I see is this, is because it only takes you an exam, background check, fingerprint, state license, and only costs you three, four, 500 bucks. Most people treat this business like it's three, four, 500 bucks and not three, four, 500,000. And, and that's why, like, we always tell people like, oh, treat it like a business. And I'm like, I used to say that too. Right. Um, but the only problem is most of us here, we've never been in businesses before. So like when I'm telling someone to treat it like a business, they can't because they don't know how. But here's what I do know. Most people, if they had a job and the job started at eight o'clock, they'd be there at 745. On a dial day, if it started at eight, most of y'all on this call strolling in at 822, 8.37, 9.15, right? Because you're not fireable. And so like what I tell people now is like, no, 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 don't treat this like a business because you don't know how. Treat it like a job until it pays you like a business. Love that. Because if you treat it like a job and you work this job here for 10, 12, 14 hours a day, it'll pay you that multi six figure, seven figure income. That's awesome, bro. And it's interesting because it's such a, like, it's a blessing, but it's a curse because people don't, like, your parents were, like, not confused. They're like, okay, like, we need to put 300K down, you know, whether they knew they were going to not make money for that many years or not. You, they, I'm sure in the back of their mind they did. Risk. Do you know what's crazy? People, like, that's why when people go, hey, um, I don't know if I can buy $1,000 worth of leads. I'm like, try putting 18 grand in a year in a college. 20 grand a year in a college, try putting three, four, 500,000 down into a business. And if that didn't work, different story. Right. 
buying leads and it didn't work. You lost a few hundred bucks. Stop it, dude. Yeah. Somebody, you know, wants insurance. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. somebody. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So now, you know, you're kind of, you know, growing up and then you went to school for business. where do you go to school? I went to Cal State Fullerton. So like nobody knows who they are besides their baseball program because they're actually pretty good. Right. Um, it's a small little, you know, college, four-year college out in California. I went there because it was close to home. I didn't have a reason to go anywhere else to tell you the truth. You know, I, I played basketball, coached basketball. And when I was a senior, I was like, dude, I'm not playing, you know, college basketball. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not mistaken by it. So I was like, what's the quickest thing for me to get into the real world? And I was like, why don't I just go to school try to finish school early. So I was trying to, I was trying to be the kid that like went to a four year school and finished in three years. Like I was trying to be that guy. And um, so I had a mentor. I joined a sales company before when I was 19 and my mentor was a millionaire. And he said, he was, you know, just asking me questions, Steve, mm. and just making me think, you know, like that's what I realized about great mentors. They don't tell you the answer they ask you questions and the answers come to yourself like, oh my gosh, right? And so like this gentleman, his name is Chris. Chris was like, hey, why don't you go ask your business professor what type of business he owns? And I was like, that's a good question. So I walk into my business management class, right? Professor so-and-so, I have a question. What business do you run? that you own he's like i don't and i was like how are you teaching us business management when you don't manage a business and he was like steven get out of my class <laughs> so and i was like god like these guys are writing a book and and making me buy the textbook because in college the books are like two three four five hundred bucks yeah and i'm like and they're making me buy this book but they have no application it's all theory and when I realized that, I was like, cool, I'm not going to school for business. I'm going to go switch my psych, my, 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 my major to psychology just because it was something fun for me to learn. But I was like, my mentor was like, dude, your mom that has a sixth grade level of education, you'll learn more from her about business than your business professor mm. because she does it every day. Yeah. If you just shadowed her and worked her business like most people do, you'd have a business degree working for her compared to working at or listening to some professor that teaches what he doesn't know. Good point. And I was like, oh my gosh, boom. You know, like the clarity just came out. And once I understood that, man, I, it was really simple. I, I knew I wanted to be in business. I just didn't know what type of business. Yeah. Right. So like, I'm one of those, you know, serial entrepreneurs or whatever you want to call it. That's failed at everything. Right. Like I've tried network marketing, internet marketing. I've tried writing books, speaking engagements. I've tried branding myself, day trading, Forex. You know, I've tried uh, fulfillment by Amazon, drop shipping, eBay stuff. Like I've done it all. And I failed miserably at all of them, which is fine. That's like part of your DNA as an entrepreneur. But like insurance was like my last run. And so the reason why I was so gung-ho and I'm like so gung-ho about FFL is like if FFL didn't work, I'd be in a corporate America position right now. Mm. And so it had to work. It's you know I mean, no plan B's. Yeah. It's incredible that you went for psychology because like, I feel like everything in our lives is like a groundwork that leads you up to where you're at. Right. And mm -hmm. it's like, 
I wanted to be in business. I got into psychology. Lo and behold, the business of insurance, what is it? It's psychology, right? It's psychology with agents. It's psychology with clients. So it's interesting that that was where, you know, it went to for you. So talk to me about like these failures, right? Like everybody always sees success. They see Stephen Yee, the integrity partner. They see Steve Giordano, the number one producer. But a lot of times you got to like peel back the failure. Right. So you talked about a lot of failures in, in those businesses. How did you keep yourself moving, motivated, um, not giving up to then go into that corporate America job? Well, like, so like full disclaimer, pre, pre family first life, I was a loser. I was 27, 28 living at home. My mom didn't have any real bills. Didn't have a call. I didn't graduate college. I just stopped going. Um, like I didn't have a plan, but here's what I did know though. Like I didn't want to be average. Like I I was not mistaken by that. Right. Like, and and here's what I mean by that. There's how many people in America, dude, here's what I can tell you. You're not like, let's, I don't know the number. Let's just say there's, you know, 2 billion people in America. I don't know. We're not competing against 2 billion people though, Steve, because not everybody's trying to win in life. Yep. A lot of people like, more than 60, 70% of the population are content with being lower class, middle class. I wasn't fighting with those guys. Like I was just texting an agent the other day. I'm like, dude, you do know you're not battling people, you're battling poverty. And like that number decreases because the amount of people that are just there and they're not willing to do anything about it, you're not competing with them. You're competing with guys that are like yourself, that's it. And so like you, you mentioned it earlier, right? Watch this. This is so crazy how this worked out. I coached immediately once I graduated high school. I was working with kids that were my age and I was their coach, but they were my age, right? Coached for 10 years, 12 years. I was in network marketing where they taught me how to do a sales presentation and speak in front of a room. I failed at that. I didn't make a lot of money, but I was like, wow, I learned how to do a sales presentation and I learned how to speak in front of a room. Okay. I came here and they're like, this is what the in-home looks like. I was like, I can do that. I did that when I was 19, right? Oh, I need you to go do a BDM. I need you to go speak in front of a room, do a biz op meeting, do a training, 10 minute segment. I didn't have stage fright because I spoke to 20,000 people when I was 19. Mm-hmm. I worked at a call center when I was 17 in college. So getting cussed out on the phone was like normal for me. And I'm like, all these failures, I came here and I was like, wait, my training for the phone when I was working at the call center, my in-home presentation was when I was working at that previous company. Oh, learn how to speak from stage. Did that random meeting, did all that random meeting for a year and a half. Right. Oh, managing a group of agents that are my age or older or younger did that in basketball. So it was like every one of my failures, if you would have put them all together, it was the reason why I made it here. Yeah, I love that. You know what I mean? Like people go, oh, you failed. I'm like, no, 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 it's training for something. I don't know what yet, right? You, you said earlier, I'm I'm a marketer. Dude, I just told you I was a failed internet marketer. <laughs> so when you're talking about squeeze pages, opt-in lists, creating campaigns, ad copy, I learned all that like seven, eight years ago when I failed miserably. Wow. That's incredible. And, and it's, it, what's great, though, is like your mindset about it is 
the, the key to all of it, right? Like how many people right. come in here or, you know, they fail one day, one week, one this, one that, and, and then it's like, oh, my God. I just had an agent called me kind of, oh, my God, I'm failing. I'm like, well, no, you're failing in your brain, number one. Like, get, <laughs> let's stop that. I'm like, have right. you sold insurance before? Yes, you have. Somebody wants to buy it from you. Let's just get out of our own head. So I love the, the perspective that you bring to things. So now you get going here. And this was, it was four years ago, you said, right? 2018. So 2018, you had got to make it happen. You had, uh, you have kids at the time or not yet? Not yet. Not yet. You're I just proposed to my wife. Okay. And I was like, dude, we got a $45,000 wedding to pay for. And I, I ain't got 45 G's. <laughs> and what does your wife do? I don't know if I've ever asked you. My wife was a dental assistant for one of the dentists in, in Northern California, their clients were the Oakland Raiders and the Golden State Warriors. Gotcha. So she loved her job. And I was trying to have her move to Southern California with me as a failed life insurance agent. Well, I didn't get started yet, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like I had all these failures. Yeah. So like what people don't know is like her parents, when we got, when I proposed to her, her parents were like, Janelle, you, you need to tell your fiance to get a real job. Cause selling life insurance ain't it. And I was like, that was all I needed. Like, you know how like all pro athletes have like made up stories that get them going. Yes. That was it. And so like, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Like I need to get a real job. Watch this. I literally, the first three months of FFL, I made enough money to pay off the wedding cash. Wow. Two months after we got married, I retired her from the workforce. And she started recruiting for our agency. Incredible. And I was like, that's all I needed, dude. Like so many, like when a problem occurs in your business, you can either go like, like you said earlier, right? No, you failed in the head. Is it failing or is unfinished business mm. or is it training to get you to where you need to be? Dude, my first 14 appointments at FFL, I sold nobody. I went 0 for 14. People ask me all the time, how'd you stay? I'm like, dude, cause the guy that recruited me, and the guy that recruited him, I'd known them for 15 years. And if they were going to figure it out, I was too. I wasn't mistaken by that. Mm. You know what I mean? But like, I understood I sucked in the beginning and I was okay with it. Like I spell success, S-U-C-K, suck, cess. Like you're going to be bad, really, really, really bad. But are you going to be okay with it? I knew that I wasn't going to be good right off the bat. I knew there was going to be a learning curve, you know? And so like that was... That was my, my early beginnings here. Like I was God awful. Here's what's crazy. I only, I started in March at the end of the year, I deposited like 140,000 mm. just selling insurance. It's the most money I ever made in my life. And I felt like I was horrible. And I was like, if I'm bad and I made 140, what if I'm decent? Yeah. At what point did you decide to start building? Two years in. Okay. So you get going, you make the most money you ever make. I believe you hit the hall of fame the second year, right? Third year. Third year. Okay. Um, Third year. So second year, what did that look like? So you did 140 first year deposited. Okay. All right. So you're, you're, you're doing, you're doing re well. So then what was the light bulb that went off and like, Hey man, like it's cool. I can sell, but I got to start building. Well, the reason why I didn't recruit was because I had a network marketing background. And in network marketing, the reason why I was so jaded and most network marketers that come here, they're so jaded is because you're obligated to recruit to make money. Well, 
so many people have burnt bridges of their friends and family bringing them product like you know skincare vitamin supplements energy drinks knives you know whatever and going hey hey uncle steve I, I need to practice my presentation on you no you're just trying to pitch me on something right and so like when i came here i was like what if you're gonna ask me for a list of my friends and family the answer is no mm. and that's why we, like with leads it was such a big deal because first two years i'd made almost you know, 400,000 without knowing a single person that I knew. And so like one day I knew I wanted to build a team. I just didn't want to babysit because like one of my biggest problems is I want success more than most people want it for themselves. Yep. And that's an internal battle that I have. And so like, I didn't want to like recruit someone and want it more for them than I wanted it for myself. And that was my biggest problem at my previous company. And so Sean, had a conversation with me and like, dude, if you don't recruit, you're almost selfish. Here's why. Boom, 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 boom. And once I understood that, I was like, done, game on. And so like, I just went full force at that point. It was just a matter of like, how quick can I find someone like myself and duplicate it in my, my organization? How did you and when did you tap into the network side of what you do or, or did you kind of first start out like more warm market recruiting and then how did you tie into social media dude so like if you look at majority of our guys in our group everybody came from an ad mm. so like check this out my number one agency does about 650 700 right now right 650 families whatever um this is how we found them first month that i protected 20 families Sean was like, post that. And I was like, dude, I'm very uncomfortable posting about the money I made. Mm. Right. And he was like, do you're selfish because it's, you're thinking about you and what other people are going to perceive of you. He's like, what you don't know is some of your friends might be praying for an opportunity and you hold the keys to that opportunity, but you don't want to give it to them because you're selfish and all you care about is yourself. And I was like, dang. Right. So I was like, all right, screw it. So like I screenshotted the IP report back then. I, was, I think I was number three in Andrew's group at that time, that month. And I literally wrote on Facebook, this is really uncomfortable for me to do. <laughs> but this past month, I made X amount of dollars selling life insurance to people that I didn't know. If you want more information, direct message me. I made a post, didn't know what was going to come out of it. Mm. A guy that I worked with at a previous company, he was an attorney and a corporate banker. Dude, I was 27 living at home with my mom. So like you talk about like spheres of influence. Yeah. I couldn't recruit that guy, but he messaged me and he goes, did you make that? I was like, I made it last month. Here's the bank statement for proof. And he goes, can you drive out and meet me for lunch? And I was like, done. So I drove out and met with Victor and Victor was like, I'm in. The only problem is I don't really care about insurance, but my brother-in-law, he just joined a life insurance company and his commission level is at 30%. Wow. So can he come work with you for a lot more? I said, I'm in. So we recruited his brother-in-law, which was Ulysses. Ulysses was like 18, 19 at the time, sharp kid. But he's one of those guys that like protected like seven, eight families in week one and disappeared during week two, three, and four. <laughs> Cause like that was a lot of money for them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so like I caught him one time when he was hot 
and he was like, Hey, I want to build a team. And I was like, you should post an ad. He posted an ad on Craigslist. This guy named Paul responded to the ad and goes, Hey, I'm in the car industry. I want to, I want to sell insurance. He looked at the video, came to an event. He was like gung ho. I'm going to be the number one guy, blah, 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 blah. Guess what those guys do? Nothing. Nothing. Right. So we held our first BDM two days before Christmas in 2019, I think. And um, we were like, oh, shoot, bad ideas. Two days before Christmas, nobody's going to be there. Oh, crap. We promoted it everywhere. So like the, especially corporate. And so we were like, the worst thing that can happen is if we didn't go and guess we're there, like we're definitely getting cussed out, right? So we were like, all right, we'll just go. It's an hour. It is what it is. It was myself, Trey, Joe, Ulysses, that agent that he recruited, Paul, all five of us were agents. And there was one guest that came in shorts, t-shirts, and flip-flops. That was Bruce Williams. Mm. He's our number one agency in my group. Incredible. And so like, you look at that. Was it really warm? It was a mixture of everything. It was me throwing up a post on social media. That person recruited their warm market. That warm market recruit went into the cold market to find a guy that was selling cars. And then that guy recruited his warm market. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, and I can do this with every single one of our groups that we have, but it's like, we, the reason why, like, I can't go, we only do warm market. We only do cold market. Like, because it's a blend of both. You yeah. don't know who you're going to find. So I just want all of it. That's incredible. And, and it, it goes to show you now that we're, you know, we're, we're getting back out with the business overviews all across the country. I think we got, you're doing them. Well, you got one uh, this week and a couple coming up. Um, yep. You're doing them every week in your office now, right? Yep. I mean, it's incredible because when you think about it, what's funny, when we first started doing them uh, right around my first year, we were not doing telesales. We were not doing hybrid Zoom, nothing. And we were doing every week in your office, come, we're trying to hire you local, recruit you local. And now we're doing them all across the country again. And it's like, wow, think of what the opportunity is now when you can do virtual and telesales and be licensed in all these states. So it's really incredible where we were and where we are. So Dude, back then, people wouldn't want to recruit in their war market, in their local market. Because they, the person you recruited now competes with your lead flow. Right. Now, let's just be real. That's what that's what it was. Hundred percent. So now we don't have to worry about that because they can get online and sell insurance in all fifty states. Yeah. If they wanted to, forty nine, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's so simple. That's incredible, man. So you know you grew very rapidly. Um, obviously, you were in the field selling, like we said, you know, year three hit the hall of fame, uh, really busted it. We're recruiting. What were some of the things that you think, and I'm going to put words in your mouth were maybe pivotal to you that year. Cause I feel like that was the year you really, really laid groundwork, took off, you know, took your personal production to another level and then took your team, you know, right around that year to where you needed to get yourself to integrity. What are some of the things you did that year? Three things. Really easy. Number one, I went Hall of Fame. I couldn't teach what I didn't know. So I couldn't go, hey, Bob, hey, Barry, hey, John, y'all need to go Hall of Fame, but I don't know how. 
Mm. Like I hated teaching from that perspective. Right. Number two was I got staff. And then number three was I started recruiting. I wanted to replicate that person. I wanted to replicate a hall of fame producer that had staff that was recruiting. So here's what I mean. That first year I went to hall of fame. It was just me and Will Lore. The following year, nine people in our group went hall of fame because they were like, Oh, he did it Four minute mile. It's possible. We can now do it. Right. So we, I was a top producer. I got staff. I recruited. If you look at all my directs, all the group, all the agencies we have, all our top three guys, all of them are Hall of Fame producers. All of them have staff and they all recruit. Hmm. And then boom, one more level below that. I was like, how many times can we replicate this? Because if I couldn't replicate that, I couldn't get out the field. Yeah. So my whole thing was how, how many times can I carbon copy myself in the agency? And then we went to three levels down. You know what I mean? And so like, that was the game that I played was like, how can I replicate a top producer, preferably Hall of Fame producer, someone had staff, they were willing to invest in their business and someone that was gung-ho about recruiting just like I was. And like, you don't need a lot of people. You only need a handful of people that are like with you, like a starting five in basketball that are gonna lock arms with you to do this. And at that point it was game. You know, so that was very pivotal. Like that was when our business grew tremendously. We grew tenfold that year. Mm. That's yeah. incredible, man. So now we'll, we'll kind of, you know, wrap with this. So Integrity Partner this past year, um, what has that meant for you, your family, your staff, your business? Because like you said it earlier, you know, your parents, you know, they did what they did for 20 years. You did it in four now because of what this opportunity is. What has it been like and where do you see it taking you and your your team moving forward? Well, you know, the people ask me all like people ask me all the time, like, is it worth it? Is it worth you selling your business to integrity? And every answer is hell yes. Because there's many things. Yeah, the money's great that they give you, which is awesome. The stock, the salary that I have, the, the salary they pay me is more than I paid myself for the last three years. <laughs> so I'm like, that was a win. Um, I have health insurance. So like my corporation, Skypoint Financial and Insurance Services, pre-integrity, insurance, health insurance, just regular health insurance for myself, my wife, my two kids, 1600 a month. Mm. Now I have PPO through integrity group plan, health, vision, and dental. 700. Wow. So like I was like saving money and I had like the best of the best with them now. Right. My employees, every single one of them have health vision dental. They all have 401k. Like there's security there for them. And so like, it's been amazing in that sense. But like the thing that I'm more jacked about now, like, like Steve, this is the part that messes people up. People are like, yo, you got your integrity deal and started flying more. I was like, yeah. You know why? Because it's not about me. If it was about me, I'd tap out a long time ago. It's about how can I help Bruce get a deal, Brandon get a deal, Will get a deal, Colton get a deal, like how can I help my top guys get a deal? Because like I wanted to once again replicate myself. Okay, cool. Steve's now the integrity partner. Can I get these guys to be integrity partners? Can we get the guys below them to be integrity partners? That was the game. 
replicating myself into the agency at the top is at the top tier level. You know what I mean? And so like, that's, that's what I've been doing. Like I've been flying, you know, the markets that I'm in, um, you know, I'm doing the ones that Sean's sending me to, but I'm also going to, you know, the areas that we have a lot of agents and literally working hands-on in those areas. Cause I'm like, yo, this is the blueprint. This is how I did it. Let me show you how, you know, and just follow that, that suit. So what I can tell you, Steve, like and we can wrap up with this. We are peaking into a recession right now. Oh. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. You know, if you look at middle America right now, they make the same amount of money, but gas is like a dollar or two more. Everything's more expensive. So like they're actually losing money. Robert Kiyosaki talks about all the time, like the separation between the higher upper middle class, uh, upper class versus the lower class. The, the middle class is going to be eliminated. And it's, in my opinion, going to be eliminated now yeah. because of this. And here's what that means for all of us on this call, listening to this podcast. You have a license and life insurance license to print your own money. So while the rest of the country is in a recession, depression, you do not have to participate in that. You can go make a few sales a week and literally be out of that. In 2007, 2008, the average person lost their home because they didn't have 500 bucks. Dude, that's half a sale with us. And so like I say that with all you guys on this call because I want you guys to push forward through it. Here's what I can tell you. In the next six to 18 months, every hour you put in is going to be worth three to four hours later on. Because while everybody else is scrambling, trying to make things work, and you're just putting your head down and going to work, you're going to be able to accumulate and acquire and be able to grab so much land in the next six to 18 months while everybody's just trying to be able to stay level. Mm. And then what happens is when we get out of this recession, because what goes up must come down and what goes down must come back up. By the time we get back up, you're going to be happy where you're at. And see, like Patrick, but David just talked about this recently. He goes, cash is king. The wealthy folks right now are waiting for this to happen because they know that they're going to be able to buy real estate for 30, 40% off. They're going to be able to buy businesses for 20, 30, 40% off. And so like you have a license that you can print money with, take advantage of that, not just to stay alive, but to get ahead. You know, one of my mentors told me when I was 19, he said, when there's blood in the streets, there's money to be made. And we're heading into those times right now. Absolutely. That was Rack that, because that was good. <laughs> you are incredible, dude. Um, and we're going to call you like you're the John Stockton of FFL because you like the assists, right? I know, you're <laughs> a, you I know you're a basketball guy. That was awesome, man. I really appreciate you, you know, your journey, your story. Um, and I think the best thing about you is you're, you're a good dude and you just care about people. And it's been great to get to know you and work with you. And I want to we got to partner on a business opportunity and, you know, try and do something together for sure. Um, oh, Cause I just want to learn from you and, you know, you do incredible things. So thank you so much for pouring into the group and um, guys, we'll see you next week. Take care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.